Father, we thank you that you are the God of all flesh and nothing is too hard for you. And Lord, I thank you for the reading of your word and for the hearing of faith that is present right now in the midst of your people. To the person who is listening to this tape, Father, I pray that they would prosper and be in health, even as their souls prosper, and that you would heal them, spirit, soul, mind, and body, that there would be an end of affliction that will never rise up again in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we are being obedient to your scripture that tells us that we should meditate on the word day and night and give ear to your commandments and keep all of your statutes. So, Lord, we commit ourselves right now with our whole heart to hearing and listening to your word. And we thank you to bless the hearer with abundant faith that their healing would come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 4, 20 and 22 says, Son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all of their flesh. The way that you find the word of God is by listening to it. The way that you hide it in your heart is through meditation. When we meditate, mutter, or chew the word of God, we allow the word of God to be embodied in us. The word of God actually becomes grafted in our hearts. And as that grafting takes place, sickness becomes uprooted. Poverty will be uprooted. Bondages will be uprooted because the word of God takes its place and becomes planted firmly in our hearts. So as you listen to this tape, meditate. Actually hear what's being said and hide the word in your heart so that you can have life and health to all of your flesh. The word of God actually heals your body. As you listen now, you are being healed by the word of God. 3 John 1-2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that, that, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. Jeremiah 30-17 says, For I will restore health unto thee, and heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Deuteronomy 7-15 and the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee. Psalm 118 verse 7 says, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. 1 Peter 2.24 Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Psalm 107.20 says, He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Exodus 15.26 For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Proverbs 12.28 says, In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof, there is no death. Psalm 103, 
1 to 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Psalm 30, verse 2. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Psalm 42, 11. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Matthew 8, 2-3 And behold, there came a leper, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Psalm 138.8 The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Nehemiah 8.10 For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Malachi 4.2 says But unto you who revere and worshipfully fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings and his beams and you shall go forth and gamble like calves released from the stall and leap for joy. Matthew 8, 1 through 4. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately... His leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Psalm 138.8 The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31. He giveth power to the weak, and to them who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths will grow tired and weary, and the young men will stumble and fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Joel 3.10 says, Let the weak say, I am strong. Matthew 8.16 It says, When even had come, they brought unto him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses.
reading from the book The Great Physician by Lillian Yeomans. Lillian Yeomans was a medical doctor who practiced in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And Ms. Yeomans was Canadian and she moved to the United States. She was born in Canada, moved to the United States. And she had a very difficult time adjusting to life in this country, but also to the pressures of being a doctor. And from the pressures of her practice, she became addicted to morphine. She gave herself painkillers and was addicted to them. Miss Yeoman sought God and sought prayer. Uh, she sought to be released from her addiction and was finally healed at a divine healing service after she sought God in his word and was saved. And she was converted to such a degree that she never took up the practice of medicine again. In fact, she had lost her license because of her addiction. But she never sought to practice natural medicine again, but she took up divine healing and preaching the word. At the end of her life, she was preaching at Amy Semple McPherson's church, Angelus Temple in California, and she was one of the teachers in her healing school. Ms. Yeomans had the practice of taking people into her home who were terminally ill, given no hope by the doctors, and she would put them on the Word. She would tell them to meditate on the Word, and she would tell them to speak the Word over and over again. And over and over again, people left there totally healed. One woman who came in one day to Ms. Yeomans had terminal tuberculosis. And Ms. Yeoman spoke with her and gave her the scripture and told her that she was redeemed from the curse of the law because Jesus was made a curse for her and that she was healed or she was delivered from the curse of sickness. She asked the woman if she believed it. And the woman said, yes, of course I believe it. And Ms. Yeoman said, well, if you believe it, then repeat it to yourself over and over and over again. On the first day, the woman was not yet healed. But on the third day, she came down and told Miss Yeomans that she was leaving because she was healed. And she said, I'm leaving because I am redeemed from the curse of sickness, and sickness no longer has power over me. Miss Yeomans said, I know I told you that on the first day that you came in. But I think what we need to understand about this is that there is believing and there's believing. We can believe God on the level of a mental assent only, or we can believe in our hearts and not have the faith strong enough to drive out illness. But when that faith is acted upon through confession, meditation, and repetition of the word, it becomes real in our being. And when that that reality has really taken hold in us then our healing will manifest the word always heals the word always delivers the word always sets us free from every single bondage so Ms. Yeomans was known to write books some of these books I think were textbooks at the um, healing school at Angela's Temple that she ran um, during the late the early 1920s, late the early 1900s, uh, at the turn of the century, 
Ms. Yeomans lived into the 1940s, as a matter of fact, and she continued to preach, and she continued to heal, and she continued to minister divine healing to people. So this is one of her books called The Great Physicians. This is a reading from that. And the title of this reading is As They Went. It says, and it's quoting from Luke 17, verses 12 through 19. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found there are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. The healing of the ten lepers is worthy of a specially careful study, presenting as it does features not found in connection with other miracles of healing performed by our Lord Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry. First, it is a group healing. We have here ten men, a number that is often associated in the scriptures with tests or trials. For instance, for ten days the children of Judah at the court of Babylon, including David, were tested or tried on a diet of pulse, after which they were, they were found ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers in the realm, and fairer and fatter in flesh, than all the children which did eat the king's meat. Likewise, the church at Smyrna was promised ten days of tribulation to try them so that the faithful unto death might be awarded a crown of life. In the case of of the healing of the ten lepers, it would seem to be God's remedy for disease. His word, he sent his word and healed them, Psalm 107.20, which is tested or tried. In establishing the therapeutic value of any remedy in a certain disease, it is quite usual to try it out on a group of sufferers from that particular malady, and that is precisely what was done in the case of the ten lepers. These men differed no doubt in other respects, mentally, morally, and socially, but they had one thing in common, their hopeless misery, for they were, all ten of them, lepers. Even in their leprosy, they differed, no doubt, for among ten cases, some would necessarily be more aggravated than others. There would be those still in the incipients of the disease, others further advanced with more marked symptoms, and others still presenting the appalling changes, such as sloughing of large portions of the flesh, producing hideous deformity, which characterized the last stages in which almost all resemblance to humanity is sometimes obliterated. Lepers usually hid themselves from the public gaze in their lairs, for they were not permitted to mingle with their kind for fear of contagion. How then can we account for this public gathering of sufferers from the loathsome disease? 
Whence did they derive the courage to take such a daring step? Some way there had been borne to them by the wind that bloweth where it listeth a name, a mighty name, a name above every name, Jesus of Nazareth, who healed even the leper, and faith came by hearing. And they determined to reach him if they had to imperil their lives to accomplish it. Hence this pitiful assemblage. Rabbis, doctors of the law, scribes and Pharisees would have recoiled from them as from poisonous reptiles. Priests and Levites would have drawn their robes tight about them to avoid pollution. But Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, invites sinners and sick folks, no matter how awful their depravity or loathsome their disease, to come to him and find rest. And when he saw them standing afar off, as the law bade them, Thank God we are under we under grace are brought nigh by the blood of Christ. But lifting up their voices determinately, concertedly, in the piteous chorus, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He replied immediately, He always does. There is not a soul in existence who dare assert that Jesus ever failed to answer when he cried to him for mercy. He saw them through and through and recognized that it was a heart cry, and he answered it. But what an answer! How startling his reply! How unexpected his command! Go show yourselves unto the priests! Go show! Why, they had been industriously hiding themselves, concealing, covering, cloaking, for they well knew that they were vile beyond expression, rotten, putrid, decaying, dying on their feet. Go show yourselves unto the priests. The officials charged with the responsibility of making the minutest inspection and declaring the leper an outcast from human society. If symptoms of the dread disease were discovered, also were empowered to issue a clean bill of health to the cleansed leper, which restored him to the privileges as one of God's people. The word Jesus spoke to them healed and commanded them because they were healed to prevent themselves to the priest for official certification of that fact. Please note that they, not one, two, or three, four, five, or six of them, but all ten went. And as they went, not as they talked about it, sang about it, or even shouted about it, but as they did it, they were all ten of them, the man in the last stages, quite as much as the one who had but recently, recently become infected with the deadly virus. They were all cleansed. And had something to show that they were not afraid or ashamed to display before the whole conference of ecclesiastics, namely, perfect soundness through faith in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I am altogether devoid of theatrical aspirations, but I'm free to confess that ever since the Lord healed me of hopeless conditions resulting from morphine addiction, I have been in the, quote, show business. It is 35 years now and never expect to retire. I long to tell with every breath what the Lord Jesus Christ is ready to do for the most hopeless cases of sin and sickness and to point to myself as a monument of saving grace to go and show. This scripture verse was once brought home to me with great force during a time of fierce testing. 
I was working in a government office and also holding a number of meetings a week, and my eyes failed under the continuous strain. I felt sure that I could secure a prolonged leave of absence with salary six months or even longer by making application in the proper quarter, but I prayed earnestly before doing so. To my surprise, the healing of the ten lepers was brought vividly to my consciousness, and on reading the passage, the word, as they went, stood out from the page as though they were for me personally. So certain was I of this that I abandoned all idea of applying for leave and was almost instantaneously relieved of all trouble in using my eyes. But it happened as I went. I had to do some winting before deliverance was manifest. Do not fail to note that ten went and ten were cleansed. God's remedy for all disease met the test as it always does. No matter what the ailment, whether incipient or advanced, how young or old a sufferer, Jesus never fails. Leprosy is a type of sin, and there is no remedy for it but a cry of Jesus. Have you called upon the name of the Lord? If not, come in your sin and sickness and call upon him. Step out on his word in the direction which he indicates, and you will have something to show. For you can say, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. But now comes a sharper test. Ten were leprous, ten called on the name of the Lord, ten were cleansed, but only one, and he a stranger, of whom nothing was expected, returned to give thanks. Only one cast himself at the feet of Jesus. Only one glorified God, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? During the last thirty-five years, I have known directly and indirectly of the healing of thousands by the power of God through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where are they today? If they were all like the Samaritan at the feet of Jesus, I believe many of the problems that constantly confront us in Christian work would be solved. Shall we not like David who, when men went in jeopardy of their lives to fetch him water from the well of Bethlehem, refused to drink it but poured it out to the Lord, say of our lives, redeemed from destruction by his death. Love so amazing, so divine, shall have my life, my love, my all.
Nahum 1.9, he will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up a second time. Psalm 91, 1-3, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Isaiah 58, 8, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thy health shall spring forth speedily and thy righteousness shall go before thee the glory of the Lord shall be thy real reward Jeremiah 30:17 for I will restore health unto thee and heal thee of thy wounds Exodus 15:26 if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Luke 13:11 through 13 And behold, there was a woman which had an a spirit of infirmity eighteen years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, and said unto him, Her, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and glorified God. Isaiah 26, 3-4 Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Chapter 20, verses 1 through 7. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, said to him, and came to him, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, Remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore, and it came to pass, afore Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again, and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, and I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up 
unto the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs, and they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. Psalm 103, 1 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Mark 11:23 says have faith in God for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Ezekiel 16.6 and when I passed by thee, and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. John 5, 6-9 And when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was a Sabbath. Exodus 23:25 through 26 And you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless thy bread and thy water and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee there shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in thy land the number of thy days I will fulfill Psalm 105:37 He brought them forth also with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. They were healthy and wealthy. Psalm 107.20 He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Matthew 8.2-3 And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Nahum 1.9 says, He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up a second time. 
Psalm 91, 1 through 3. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. And surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Mark 16:17 says that believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and if they eat any deadly thing it will not harm them so the word of god is even an antidote for poisoning that the word your food is sanctified by the word of prayer if it is eaten with thanksgiving so the believer need not worry about eating anything that is wrong for him if he has given thanks for it and he has prayed over it and blessed it. It is sanctified by the word of prayer if it's taken with thanksgiving. James 5.14 says, Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, they will be forgiven him. Reading again from the book Balm of Gilead by Lillian Yeoman. This chapter is entitled, Himself. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, Matthew 8:17. I wish that all who read this chapter would proceed it by reading Matthew 8, 1 through 17 at least three times. Indeed, it would be well to commit the verses to memory. They seem to cast a flood of divine illumination on the whole subject of divine healing. We must never forget that it is the word that heals. He sent his word and healed them. Perhaps you ask, does not the word mean the Lord Jesus Christ? Certainly, but as we read the written word in faith, the Lord Jesus himself, himself meets us in its pages. In order to experience the full power of the Bible in healing our bodies, it is essential to have it hidden in our hearts. Then we can meditate in it day and night, let it flow through our being, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, Revelation 22.1. I sometimes suggest lists of scripture verses bearing particularly on the truth of the Lord for the body, but experience has taught me that it is much more effective for each person to make his or own, her own list as they are lighted up to them by the Holy Spirit. Jot down the references and commit them to memory so that they become a part of your consciousness. And that way they are easily accessible at all times, day or night, on the street, traveling, and even when you are unwillingly compelled to listen to unprofitable conversation or radio broadcasting. By means of the memorized verses, you can mount up on wings like eagles. 
glancing at the verses in the 8th chapter of Matthew, which precede our text, himself, Matthew 8:17, we have the case of the leper who doubted the willingness of the Lord to heal while he was fully convinced of his ability to do so. Possibly, the wretched creature was so conscious of his repulsiveness and the vile nature of his malady that he would not believe anyone would have mercy on such an outcast from human society. But the Lord Jesus settled that misgiving forever for all lepers, no matter how loathsome, by his I will. Praise God for that. Not a very different figure appears upon the stage. A Roman Sorry. Next, a very different figure appears upon the stage. A Roman centurion, Matthew 8, 5 through 13, enters with dignified bearing and martial mien. The Romans were masters of the world, and they let the world know it. But how is this? The proud head is bowed before the gentle Nazarene, whom he addresses as Lord. He says, in effect, I know what power is. Caesar has power over me, power of life and death. I have power over my subordinates, but I but in thee I acknowledge power over all power. Speak but the word, tis all I ask. I crave it as a bounty, for I am not worthy. And then Jesus declared that he had not found such faith in Israel and gives his admission to the heavenly feast where he is told his place card will be beside Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. In verses 14 and 15, we have a picture of the Lord Jesus as the family physician. I always felt the relationship of a truly good and devoted physician to the families of which he was in charge was a very sacred one. My ideal family physician I may as well own was my own mother. I knew how she loved her charges and truly bore them on her heart day and night. She had families, every junior member of which she had brought into the world, how they reciprocated her affection. On one occasion, she left town on a speaking tour and placed her practice in the hands of a very able doctor whose only fault was that he was a man. One morning, the children were told that the doctor was coming. This was always the cause of great rejoicing. Gladly, expectancy reigned among the youngsters. At the last, the door opened and the nurse came in and introduced a very fine-looking gentleman with a bright smile on his face. But it didn't help him with the children. They had never had any doctor but mother, and the youngest cried indignantly, Go away. I won't have you. You aren't a doctor at all. You are a man. But how beautiful is the ministry of the Lord Jesus as the family physician. How the children love him. How readily the little things trust him. They put us to shame with their simple faith. The dear old hymn, God Will Take Care of You, was inspired by a tiny child whose mother was ill and whose father, a minister of the gospel, hesitated to leave her to fulfill his engagements. <clears throat> the little fellow crept up close to his mother and whispered in her ear, Mother, God will take care of you. This so rebuked their unbelief that the father made full proof of his ministry and returned to find the mother healed and rejoicing in the beautiful song the Lord had given her. 
He then sat down and played the words to a tune God gave him, and so we have it. God will take care of you. Through every day or all the way, God will take care of you. In the 16th and 17th verses of Matthew 8, we have a mass meeting for healing, though the doctors of divinity, or at least some of them, say we have no Bible authority for holding them. Quote, They brought to him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. The mass meeting is linked by the Holy Spirit to the prophecy of Isaiah in the atonement chapter of Isaiah 53, announcing the Messiah as the bearer of sicknesses and infirmity. It was not some exceptional manifestation of his power with which to convince people of his deity, but it was to fulfill his messianic prophecy. He had to heal all who came to him for healing, otherwise he would not have been true to the picture painted of him by the Holy Spirit 700 years ago. We can find no warrant for accepting a Christ who does not heal the sick. There is no such Christ in the Bible. We read of our Lord in 1 Corinthians 15.3 that he died for our sins according to the scriptures. The scriptures tell us that he bore our sicknesses as well as our sins on that cross of shame where he, was, he died his sacrificial death. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Isaiah 53.4. The word in Isaiah 53.4 for griefs and sorrows literally means sickness and pain. Bodily healing and the atonement by T.J. McCrossan explains this. And now the climax. It was he himself who took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, not himself and physicians, not himself and surgeons, when it tells us in Hebrews 1.13 that he by himself purged our sins, we should not dare to add one iota of human effort or merit to the supreme sacrifice. There is nothing that can be added. When the Bible tells us that he himself forever consummated and finished our healing, can any addition be made thereto? He himself took and bore, not once, but for always. He is ever lifting and bearing us. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed the children of Israel, and he healed when he walked the earth, he still heals today. He heals by his word. He heals by the anointing and the gifts of healing. He heals by the laying on of hands of the elders of the church. Any way that God can heal you, he will heal you. And he desires to heal you because the Lord Jesus Christ wants all of us well.
and what you would not like. I got a cold, I got allergies, I got asthma, I got diabetes, I got AIDS, I got cancer. But instead of confessing the problem, confess the answer like I got hope, I got faith, I am blessed, I feel great, I got strength, I got health. Now I'm feeling all right because I edify myself. If the body is the temple for the Holy Spirit, then that would mean sickness and disease can't live in it. You got Christ and you so let him shine. Now that I revealed who I am, I suggest you don't deserve me. My name's Alejo, 
translated to have mercy. Showing us the cats don't deserve me. How come fresh and brand new? Each morning in the form of compassion. Any kind is so warning. Showing up when you least expect it. Who? How'd I survive that? Yeah, you guessed it. It was I who preserved you. Kept you alive if I wasn't there. Best believe you would have died. I was there when that cat pulled the gap. Pointed at you. Don't pull the trigger, but it didn't clap, clap. Gave you just enough time to check and run. How quickly do we be forgetting, son? Ah, you think the way that you escaped it was the result of some slickness your intellect created? Man, please, yo, trust me, it had nothing to do with being lucky. It wasn't skill, it wasn't charm, it wasn't wit that kept you away from harm. It wasn't anything that you could have done to escape from the judgment that was to come. It wasn't luck if someone asked a question. It was solely because I moved in my discretion. It was me, mercy, now that I reveal who I am, I suggest you don't deserve I have this act of desire to remove all distress. For those deserving of death, I seek the blessing. Show myself strong on their behalf. Hit them off with kindness when they're in need of wrath. Although my place is with the holiest, I like to mix it up and run with the lowliest types of people. You know the thugs, cats, slinging drugs, even to those I chose to show love. I walked the streets with the sister, turned the tricks, made sure she wasn't a victim of that lunatic who for kicks killed the three friends who were hookers. But because I walked with her, he had to overlook her. I sat there as you hit the pipe chasing that rush. I was the one who made sure your heart didn't bust and explode, causing you to overdose like your partner that lay dead on the floor. It wasn't skill, it wasn't charm, it wasn't wit that kept you away from harm. It wasn't anything that you could have done to escape from the judgment that was to come. It wasn't luck if someone asked a question. It was so because I moved in my discretion. It was me, mercy. Now that I reveal who I am, I suggest you don't deserve me. There's no need to ask who rolled shotgun when your car crashed. And everything but you was smashed. As paramedics dash and all lookers gasp to see you walk away from the wreckage and ash. Now it's been said that you have nine lives. Nah, I showed up on the scene nine times to your rescue. In the midst of your drama, I'ma bless you just to let you get a glimpse of my immense love. I'm synonymous to Jesus because this was the same compassion showed towards man when he sinned. But mercy in the form of Jesus Christ stepped in. I was sentenced to death, but he took my place. Took my judgment, which by the way, clicked my slate. Eternal fate changed the day the mercy came and took the blame. And now I'll never be the same. It wasn't skill, it wasn't charm, it wasn't wit that kept you away from harm. It wasn't anything that you could have done to escape from the judgment that was to come. It wasn't lucky if someone asked a question. It was solely because I moved in my discretion. It was me, mercy, now that I reveal who I am, I suggest you don't deserve me. Hallelujah. God's mercy and grace. When judgment had every right to claim us as his next victim, the mercies of God stood in the gap. Hallelujah. The Bible says, because of his mercies, we are not consumed. Just think, recollect, where would you be if it wasn't for the mercies of God? Ah, yeah, the Bible says his mercy endures forever. How many need his mercies? They're fresh and brand new each morning. Take advantage of his mercy. Hallelujah.
Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. to just begin if you would give him your personal worship right now begin to kiss his face Jesus feel let Jesus feel this place this place let Jesus feel let Jesus feel Let Jesus be this place. Come on, let's say it together. Let Jesus feel. Let Jesus be. Let Jesus be. Let Jesus be this place. This place.
somebody know who he is tonight.
on, give him praise. If you know he's wonderful, come on, give him praise. Give him praise. your prayer. Come on, let's sing it together.